Coming up, nonprofits, OnlyFans, mental health, and becoming a yogi. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. What's up? I'm Dave, the Military Millionaire, and if you're new to the community, welcome, 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 and make sure you check out all our free content. We've got the podcast. We've got the Facebook group. We've got Instagram and TikTok and, I don't know, everything else, the blog and yada, da, da, da. And for those of you who are at the level where you're ready to take things super, super seriously, we will do, we do free strategy calls. So I'll drop a link down below for the War Room Mastermind. We do strategy calls to help you guys out. So happy to chat with you. But today's guest is Abby Rose, who was the first female Marine Corps artillery cannoneer, one of three, but then the first to go on and be a team leader, has launched two nonprofit organizations, companies. She crushed it on OnlyFans. She's starting a yoga career, and she's recently begun her journey to actually achieving financial freedom after realizing that having that high of an income doesn't necessarily matter if you don't manage your expenses. And so we're going to dive through a lot of ups and downs this is a different episode than a lot of the ones we've talked about because all of the different entrepreneurial tracks that we're discussing here are different. And yet it's really cool to follow along and enjoy uh, this conversation, the journey. And I, I think this is a really good conversation. So make sure you stick it out to the end so you can hear how it goes. And uh, without further ado, Abby Rose. Abby Rose, welcome to the show today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad we're finally getting to do this. We tried to record like a year ago, I think, and I don't remember one of us got sick and then we never rescheduled. So, um, yeah. and we finally mess. made it. I know I'm the most chaotic person in the world when it comes to scheduling, which is why I hired someone to do it for me now. It's great. Um, all right. So I always jump like to present day and ask a question about like what's going on in life. And I saw you posting yesterday about all the fun you're having hunting for a house. So, uh, tell me how is, how is the Houston market doing right now? So, yeah, I mean, we thought that everything was going to be kind of smooth sailing. We kind of didn't really think anybody was looking for houses right now because of the market, but um, apparently we were wrong. So everyone is wanting the exact same house that we want, <laughs> but there is kind of also limited. Um, I do, I am kind of spoiled. I do want a pool. I really want like to grow, to have my family grow up with a pool and stuff like that. Um, so that limited our options quite a bit, but actually yesterday we were about to put an offer on our plan B out house. And then right when we were like about to get everything going, someone called our realtor saying that the house that we originally really, really wanted that got taken from us got put back up on the market. So we're in the process now. Awesome. And that house that we really liked is 50 grand less than the plan B house. So everything happens for a reason. (laughs) No, that's a win. I love it. Um, it, Yeah. It's interesting to hear that from like the, you know, shopping from a home perspective, because when, when you watch the media, you'd be convinced that the real estate market's falling out of the sky and nobody can buy houses, nobody can sell houses. And then that just, I mean, it's, there are markets in the country where it's nobody can afford a house right now, but really that's not the main 
problem, at least not in the middle of the country. It's, it's the fact that we don't have enough inventory. So like the people that can't afford a house are fighting over it. We still got things flying off the shelves here. And it's, it's interesting to see the markets like, Oh, nobody can afford a house. I'm like, really a 3% and a 7% interest rate doesn't make that big a difference on a hundred thousand dollar home. So (laughs) we're still doing fine. So, well, cool. Um, all right. So let's get a little bit of the backstory. Like what, who, who is Abby Rose? How did you, I know you joined the Marine Corps. Tell us, uh, well, you know what? I'll just let you tell a little bit about your your story. Bring us up to present day. Yeah. So I'm just, just a crazy bitch (laughs) doing life. Um, I joined the military because I wanted like more purpose to my life. And I was just, I was living it too. I was living in California on the beach every day, you know, being a personal trainer, everything was perfect. And I just wanted to go fuck up my life. So <laughs> I decided to join the Marines over. It might be the best um, reason I've heard for joining the Marines. Right. I, I was born and just decided to do it. <laughs> Know shit about anything. That's like the that's like the epitome of the like. Well, I had a really great boyfriend, but I just I really wanted something toxic. It wasn't yes. exciting enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it was like. <laughs> um, but I am glad, you know, those toxic boyfriends teach you a lot about yourself. About life, so <laughs> you got to have a couple toxic boyfriends. Oh, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not. I haven't you been with a toxic boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have a tra- divorced, so same thing, same, same, but diff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was good. I mean, I um, joined in 2017. I was 24 years old, so a little bit older than most people when they joined the military, which I'm really glad because I feel like I didn't get quite as brainwashed. Um, I'm not as, like, like raw <laughs> as a lot of people because, you know, when you join when you're 18 and you're, you're, easily persuaded to do whatever they say and how the, the that way of thinking um and that that culture of thinking which obviously that culture is really needed to do what the marine corps needs to do which is to kill people yeah. um but as far as yeah like a daily day-to-day life out in the regular civilian world it was good for me because i was able to kind of separate the two like i, I knew that there is a regular civilian world out there and that this is just its own little world that we have to be in for a certain period of time. So yeah, it was really good. Well, probably aided your transition out of the Marine Corps too, but uh, you're not even going to touch on it. So I'm going to, you're going to make me drag it out. What did you do in the Marine Corps? Cause you're not, you were, you were the first C's. Yes. I was one of three women to join um, as an 0811, which is like an artillery cannoneer with a big cannon I weighed 115 pounds and I was carrying a hundred pound rounds on my shoulder. So it was pretty cool. I would, I, I definitely loved being out in the field and working and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a pretty badass job. It fucked my body up, but I'm like, you know what? You cannot get experience like that really anywhere. So I'm really glad I did it. It was, it was a good experience for sure. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of places you get to, pull string go boom on triple seven and it's such an adrenaline rush like sometimes i watch videos of it i'm like holy shit does that was that actually me like i can't believe it i wish i would have done it now while i'm a little bigger and a little more sturdy and ate like you don't you can't really eat proper you can but we weren't really taught proper nutrition (laughs) and i just ate at the chow hall to save money so my gains weren't as gainy there then but um but yeah, I was like, it was it was a badass job, that's for sure. MREs are the best nutrition. Yeah, MREs yep. are so good to help you perform. <laughs> it's interesting that you you say that because um, 
you know, when you're in the military, everybody's convinced that like, oh, this is the, the most elite training and the most, you know, whatever. And when I first started training for endurance stuff and doing like half Ironmans and whatever, and I hired a coach, basically the first thing he did was like untrain everything the Marine. Cause like in the Marine Corps, I remember asking this guy who ran, uh, the only guy that I ever had teach me anything about running was first Sergeant. Now Sergeant major Faye. And that man is like, he's a sub two and a half hour marathoner. He's a pro triathlete. He's, I mean, he was like one of the fastest promotions to Sergeant Major in Marine Corps history. Wow. Um, like he's a stud and he gave us yeah. at career course. He gave us a class on running and it was legit, like taught us how to, you know, barefoot and like figure out what kind of shoes. I mean, it was legit. Um, outside of him, every other time in the military, I was like trying to get better at running. People were like, well, you just run more. You just run faster. Oh, Boots and Utes is great for you. And I'm like this is not helping anything. Like this is why everybody's hurt. Nobody just spends the time learning about basic nutrition and, and running. And um, yeah. Also, yeah. Cigarettes, I was... in, cigarettes in Copenhagen really help you though. <laughs> <laughs> I know, the, 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 my best PFT was after a night of drinking. Cause I found out at 11, we were running the PFT and I was at a medical battalion. So I, I managed to get myself an IV at midnight and I was, I ran like a, I mean, it was great. I felt wonderful the next Dude, day. I was like, I need to that IV. Was um, it was in Okinawa, 19 year old Dave. Ugh. Yes. Love it. I can see it now. <laughs> <laughs> Reek, the guy reeking of vodka passing you. Yeah. Um, I think I ran. You haven't really ran a PT if you're not throwing up halfway through. Yeah, that was, that was my <laughs> first and only sub 20 minute 5k. So um, ugh, what a mess though. I was, yeah. Um, so I was motor T and ironically, so I know how busy y'all schedule is because in motor T world, uh, the, basically once you get to staff sergeant gunny, they're like, you're not really a staff NCO unless you've been attached to an RD unit because the RD units are like the most ridiculous schedules you could possibly have, especially as a motor T guy. Cause all your trucks are breaking all the time. And, um, yeah. And so, yeah, I can, I can appreciate the fact when you say I, I like the fields, like, well, you probably spent more time in the field than home. So uh, yeah, that's a legit statement. And they, so I like had my B billet or whatever, as I drove, drove the seven tons with the howitzer attached. So I worked okay. a lot with motor T. I love driving. They called me Leadfoot Lily. <laughs> I was like, seven, I fucking drove that thing. Seven tons are great. It. That was my favorite truck in the Marine Corps for sure. It's so fun. Yes. Yeah. That's another thing, like you can't do now, you know, that you kind of miss. <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I, don't, I can't drive I, a big truck. I have seen this. You can you can find those things. I have a friend <laughs> with some five tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to pay three and a half miles a gallon in diesel, you be my guest. Um, <laughs> exactly. I think three and a half is what the seven ton gets. The Humvees get like six, you know, so it's great. Yeah. Six, seven. Yeah. Um, they're terrible. They're the worst. Um, <laughs> Okay. So, all right. So talk to me about the happy bean project. I know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong timeline wise, but I believe you started this while you were still active. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I started in, uh, 2019 while I was still in the military and I just started selling bags of coffee online. Um, and I was like just raising money and I would donate it to NAMI, which is like a place that helps people with mental health issues. Cool. Um, the Marine Corps is when I really started realizing that I have severe mental health issues. I kind of already knew, but I didn't really know like what mental health meant. So it was like, I knew something was wrong with me. It's Starbucks. Mental health is Starbucks, right? Yeah. You just get frozen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like going with it. Yeah. yeah totally. Like a brain freeze. <laughs> 
But, um, yeah, and then uh, my brother, my brother had, like, addiction problems. He was on the streets, and I just had a big heart for helping people that, you know, struggle. So I started selling those coffee bags online and then donating um, the profits to NAMI, and then I was like, you know what? I want to get a little more hands-on, so... Me and my buddy Garcia, we brought brought the coffee and made it in like this um, 100 cup urn thing. And we went to where homeless people were in North Carolina and we just passed them out coffee. And then we made like a little video of it and everybody's like, oh my gosh, like I'd love to come volunteer. That's a great thing about the military is like a lot of people want to get involved with that type of stuff. Um because everybody's so bored of playing video games in the barracks. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, okay, let's go do this. So we started going out, like, as often as we could, bringing them coffee. And it started growing where we were started setting it up in other states. So we were in, like, uh, California. We were in Philly. We were in, I think we were setting up in Denver. I think we, we got up to, like, six states. And then um, COVID happened, and I was in Norway when COVID happened. Nope. So I kind of just, like, shut the whole thing down, especially from, like, other states, because I was worried that a volunteer would get COVID, like, or give a homeless person COVID. Like, you know, everything, we didn't know what the fuck COVID was back then, so <laughs> like, shut it down right we away. We still don't, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, and then everything just took off from there. Someone ended up donating when I got out of the military, um, someone donated a trailer to the project for us to make espresso coffee for customers. And that, so that that could fund the outreach a little bit better. And so we yeah. could get donations and so we could get more volunteers and all that. And then that grew into three trailers. Um, so yeah, we just ended up growing, growing, growing. And um, it did there, there now it's kind of, more recently a lot of stuff happened unfortunately where we had to shut down the coffee side of things um but we're transitioning it into a more healthy type outreach anyway so it really all worked out so now we do like healthy snacks clothing and food and then we're also going to start teaching them yoga and meditation and that's under the houston outreach right what was that sorry that's under the houston outreach Yes, Houston Outreach Team on Instagram. We don't have a Facebook for it, but yeah, Instagram Houston Outreach Team. Easy, cool. We'll check that out, and we'll we what a. So I've never done a nonprofit, um, and you know, honestly, I've had people tell me I should move this whole thing to nonprofit, but uh, I don't really care to redo my entire life at this point. Um, so what like pros and cons? You've kind of been around some entrepreneurial stuff outside of the nonprofit world too. Um, having done it, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I think that you should work really hard and as an LLC and then donate your money. Mm. Yeah. That or donate easier. your time to being a volunteer. I think starting a nonprofit, unless you're wanting to like, like open up, uh, open up like a homeless shelter or, you know, there are definitely places for nonprofits, but I think more like on a bigger scale. Um, but if you're just, you know, wanting to help people. I think that you should just work, work really hard, make, make good money and, and help people with the money that you make. And I actually heard that from a motivational speaker, um, about five years back while I was just starting the nonprofit. And I mean, no regrets though. I'm really glad I went the nonprofit way. Um, it's just, it's just a lot more, it's, 
you have to have like bylaws and you have to have a board. And I mean, I'm just trying to help people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to like make it into this huge mass production. Um, so for me, I'm like a kind of keep it simple kind of person. So for me, the nonprofit side was a little bit too much. It was like all this fluff when I'm literally just trying to get people clothing and food and talk to them and stuff. Like I'm yeah. not like trying to like grow this into like a huge business or anything. There was at one point I was like, okay, you know, we, this is going so well. We could open up a brick and mortar coffee shop and then have free mental health therapy there. Um, and like a little clothing rack where people could come in and fight. I would just, I would have had to partner with someone and it's just logistically, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of like legal stuff you have to do. Um, you have to get like people that are, it's just, it's a lot more than, it's a lot more than you would think. It's not yep. just, oh yeah, let's open up a coffee shop and have mental health therapy and everything will be good. Um, so it just kind of depends on how willing you are to really go that far. Yeah. Well, and you said the whole partner thing. It's, it's interesting because everybody says, you know, all the you know, entrepreneur quotes are like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, like find a partner, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there's so much survivor bias around partners uh, because the only people who talk about how great partnerships are, are the people that have a really successful partner. And yeah. I have seen, at least in the real estate space, you know, the, the battleground is littered with partnerships that just disintegrated. So it's, it's probably uh, a lot like marriage. It's probably like oh. a 50, 50 chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's but, like, I mean, you yeah. saw that 50 chance it could work out really well and go really far just, just like marriage. So it's, it's how you look at it. It's a risk. It's funny. I relate it to marriage when I talk to people about forming partnerships. And okay. so that's a great accurate or analogy, but the problem, the only difference I would say is when you're getting into a marriage, you're aware of all the potential downsides and risks. You don't know what's going to happen, but people tread lightly. When people are getting into a partnership, they're like, this is great. What could possibly go wrong? And that's where I am like always very cautious to people. I'm like, dude, like if you guys haven't sat down with an attorney and drafted a, you know, an, an LLC and operating agreement and everything and actually gone through like what happens when this falls apart and yeah. outlined like conflict resolution and all of that, you're setting yourself up for failure because Right now, you're both great people, but if someone gets pissed, like it's the same as marriage. Your yeah. spouse is a wonderful person until they're not anymore, and at that point, the claws come out. And if you don't have a you know the right stuff in place in your operating agreement to protect you, you know you're getting yourself in trouble. And so I think you know partnerships are solid, and I've been in some really great ones. But man, I, I also was in was in one at one point where we didn't outline shit, and it was uh, it was it was kind of a rough ending so you know it is what it is but yeah that's that was the mistake i made not as far as a partnership but as far as employees um like because in, in a nonprofit, you do still have employees yeah um another thing with a nonprofit that you do start one is make sure you have a really good tax account because i mean it's really you just you don't pay taxes but it's you have to make sure you have a really good bookkeeping service and a good accountant or you're good at that yourself um, because we are not keeping taxes. So you're held liable for a lot of things. Um, but yeah, so I had employees and the employees were amazing. I mean, these people were top notch. Like she was a Navy vet, like everything was going good. And then I had to move. Um, well, I decided to move. So they were doing so well. I let them run it. That was my mistake. 
Mm. Not letting them running or letting them running it wasn't a mistake, but I should have uh, made a a non complete non compete clause. Yep. And that they can't take the business plan. Uh. Um, because yeah, they ended up. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> I told them like, hey, this is a nonprofit. We're we're I'm looking at the books and we're overpaying y'all like mm. a lot. Like I. I was like, shoot, because I was doing like fundraising bonuses for them, but I didn't, they did, they were doing almost so good at their job and then it was starting to take away from helping the nonprofit grow. Yeah. Um, And I wasn't even paying myself Um, because they were running it and I wasn't in the nonprofit to pay myself at all. Like I was, the nonprofit is for me to help people. So, and they also needed- It's a lot of work to lose money. Yeah, their employees, they were doing really like a good job. So they get paid for their efforts. But when I told them that, then everything went so, super south. I kind of thought that they would like work with me and be like, okay, yeah, we're, you know, well, we can adjust a little bit here and just try to make sure. Cause we were, I mean, we were paying them so much that we were going to have to shut everything down. Mm. And, um, so I, t- and I was very open and honest, like showing them the numbers, like, yeah. Hey, you know, I messed up. I overpaid y'all. I'm so really sorry. Like we got to adjust this. They ended up. Oh my gosh! They ended up starting a non or starting a GoFundMe using the Happy Beans logo, using the Happy Beans name, and raising money for the Happy Bean, but it would go to their account. Then they fired two people without me knowing, and then they got two more people to quit on with them, and then they they quit. So that's six people that just are gone. And I live about an hour away from this place. I'm, I'm like a full-time, I have my full-time work that I do. I'm a mom, like, you know, just, I just, I, I can't just go and work full-time at this coffee shop now. Absolutely. So I'm like, fuck. So thankfully we decided to shut it down. Someone else took over it. It's all good. And we still do the outreach. And that's what was always my heart anyways. I was excited to potentially grow the coffee shop into that, um, into that, brick and mortar that I was talking about, but you know, it didn't work out a lot of hard lessons learned on that. And then now they opened up a coffee shop right down the street with all the same ingredients, all the same, everything took my entire business plan. So that's a big lesson. I would say for anybody like you can trust people, but I mean, I should have gone down there at least once a week to check on them yeah, make sure. Cause there was a big hole in the trailer. They never told me about that. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. I, I'm pretty sure they were stealing money because I don't know how they had that much money to start their own coffee shop within a week. Yeah. So you were paying them I too mean, much. Holy no, crap, kidding. it was a mess. What? I said, obviously, because you were paying them too much. No. I'm just yeah, kidding. well, that too. But I mean, uh, start, yeah, they probably how were they paying them? Like, I, 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 well, and they had a GoFundMe. <laughs> what a mess. Maybe, I don't know. It's, it's People... a lot of unknowns. It was definitely a stressful time for me. But I'm so thankful it happened because now we're just purely focused. I sold I sold the um, trailer and the thing, so I have a little account set aside for all the outreach going forward. So now we're covered, you know, for a while, and we can do yoga and we can bring them healthy snacks and like it's just it's just all and I don't have to even focus on anything business related. I just do the outreach, which is all I wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. So, no, I yeah. think that's great. And I appreciate you sharing that. I, uh, you know, my attorney on multiple occasions has told me essentially, here's how much money I could have saved you if you'd called me earlier. And 
one of those lessons was about exactly that non-competes and um, all of that with a, you know, former employee uh, in the original hiring documents. And, you know, basically I didn't even think about it because I was like, it was the same as like the partnership. It's like, Oh, everything's great. Like I want to trust this person. And it's, it's, it's the same idea as like a prenup. It's like, you can still trust them and protect yourself. And yeah. for me, it's, it's less about the prenup and more about the reaction when you ask about it. It's yeah. like, if I bring up a prenup and you freak out on me, well, now I know. Um, yeah. And if I bring up a prenup and you're like, yeah, of course, you know, then all right, I probably don't even need this thing. Um, yeah. And so I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, I want to say, I just saw, I think it was Layla Hormozy was talking about Alex asked her for a prenup. She was like, yeah, I don't care, whatever signed it. And then like the day before they got married, he shredded it in front of her. It was like, I just wanted to make sure this wasn't a, you know, Aww, um, and I'm like, cool. yeah, I'm like, I get, I get that. Um, yeah. but yeah, anyway. All right. So when you left the military, did you have a plan? Was happy being your plan? What was the Yes. You know, I mean, you had a life before, so. Yes, yes. Happy Bean was my plan. I was um, not engaged, but we. I had a baby with a guy that I was in love with. And um, our plan was to get out and do the Happy Bean and hopefully he'd get a job and all this. Um, and so we moved to Lake Jackson, which is where he lives. Um, Lake Jackson, Texas is a super small town. I'm not a small town girl. <laughs> I learned that real quick. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, things are going to go as planned with our relationship. You know, you know how that goes. And I had invested everything into the happy being. We were living with his dad when we first got out. Um, I had sold my car because we, we just shared his truck. Um, I sold my car and put that all into the happy being. I literally like any money I had, I put all into the happy being. Yeah. So when we broke up, um, I had a six month year old daughter. I had zero dollars in my bank account. Um, I had no car <laughs> and mm. I had, my family lives in Seattle. Um, and I'm pretty stubborn. I definitely could have reached out to ask my family for help. Um, but I'm just not really like, I, I felt like I, I was just going to do this myself. I'm a mom now. Like I need to just figure this out. I should have, should have looking back, reached out and asked for help. But, um, so yeah, I actually started stripping because I was like, you know what, if I, if I look for an actual job, I won't be able to run. I'm still living in Lake Jackson at this point. I won't yeah. be able to run the coffee shop. The coffee shop, not, we're brand new. You know, you don't, you don't make any money at all. I couldn't pay myself up. Like yeah. there was no money coming in like that. Um, it was just covering the outreach and that's it. I didn't even Absolutely. have enough to pay employees at that point. So yeah, I started stripping and still worked at the coffee shop, kept it really on the down low. And I was, I was fucking miserable, honestly. It was the worst job I've ever had. Interesting. Like, literally. Yeah. And, and I mean, the dancing part I love, like I'm, I actually loved learning how to pole dance and I still to this day, well, I fell once, so I'm kind of like a little scared, but I'm going to get another pull and I'm going to make sure to screw it to the ceiling so it doesn't fall <laughs> over and I'm going to get back into it. But I love the dancing part. It was so fun, so creative. Um, but like dealing with drunk men, like, no, I cannot do Assholes. it. It was yeah. fucking horrible. Yeah. I heard that. I was able to pay my first month's rent. I was able to get a car and pay the car and I just kept doing that. 
And then one of the girls told me about um, online work. And I had already heard about like OnlyFans and stuff too. So I started doing that. And then I was like, dude, I'm making way more money. Well, about the same, but like. Way less drunk men. Way less. I don't have to deal with anybody <laughs> doing anything crazy. I don't have to deal with drunk guys. And I can still be like, like creative and like sexual. And I'm a very sexual person. So it was like good to get my sexual energy out. And yeah, so I went full sin on all that. And I was like surprised on like how well that took off. Like I, I didn't even start with OnlyFans. I just started with selling pictures of me in lingerie as screensavers oh, there you go. on Instagram. And oh. I think I did like, I think I did like 20 or 30,000 just in one month. Just, just on that, like no OnlyFans involved, just screensavers. So I was like, okay, wow. you know, yeah, I think that, is, that would really something here. Finally, like, say, that's a good product like, sample. <laughs> yeah, and it was fun. Like I got to talk to people, and I didn't have to deal with like gross people like trying to touch me or nothing like that. So, I mean, I, a lot of people really hate on it, um, but I'm personally so thankful that, that that happened to me because I would not be in the situation I am now. And my, my family, like wouldn't be able to provide for them the way that I do if I didn't start that. So I, I would only hate on that in the same way that I hate on the girls that raise money in the real estate world because they got fake boobs and they're able to be like, you want to invest right. in my, and I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do that. Or... It's not as effective for me. <laughs> I, I don't know. You're considered like a bear, so I think you you got a lot going for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I want. I want to start an OnlyFans and and market to gay men. That's that's, you would do good. (laughs) I look like Jason Kelsey, so you know that's what I've been getting told lately. So there we go. I've got my my avatar. I'll just yes, that's awesome. There we. I'm gonna go. That's my new side hustle: gay Jason Kelsey on OnlyFans. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, I'll help you. I'll help you with all the, the, the marketing strategies and stuff. <laughs> I mean, my, my brother has a husband, so I've you know I've got I mean, it's in there somewhere, I guess, right? Oh yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and a lot of straight men actually do it that aren't that aren't gay, and but they just yeah. you know, market themselves to gay men. So there's nothing. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm like the least shame person. Like, I think I've to live such a full life to really understand that like everybody is fucking up or doing something immoral in one way or another. So yeah. who the fuck am I to, to like put down or look down on anybody else for anything that they do? Like, And generally the most judgmental people are the ones who have the most to hide. It's, yeah. it's the whole projecting thing for sure. You know, when I was 100%. actually, I, I probably shouldn't go down that rabbit hole. I won't say that we can af- off recording. I'll give a great example of that, but, on recording, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna behave for now because I don't need drama in my life, um, and I'm not gonna call someone out like that. But uh, let's see. Um, I I love that, and thank you for being open and honest about it. I actually, it's funny. I follow this girl on Instagram. I met her at I want to say it was 10x Growth Con with Grant Cardone a while back, and her Instagram is called uh, Racks to Riches, and she's a uh, like an Instagram coach for strippers and I've followed her forever. Uh, she doesn't even show, you know, I mean, every now and then it's like her on like a pole, like, you know, exercising, but like it, she's very appropriate, but it's literally like strategy for strippers on how to milk more money out of, you know, yeah. how to get more doing this, how to do this, how to handle drunk, whatever. And, uh, 
I've always found it so fascinating. I'm like, this is a, such a unique side of sales that I would have never even treated that way. And some of the stuff she's saying, I'm like, damn, she's right. That's exactly how that goes. But like, I've only ever been on this side of it. And so it's, I mean, I've never been in a establishment like that in my life. Why would never, I? Never. Yeah, there's definitely not a place in Springfield that is known for being the best steak in town. And that's, <laughs> of course, why everyone goes. Dude, I'm down. Let's go. That sounds awesome. It's literally, I, I joked with someone last night. I was taking a girl out for drinks and I was like, we, we had agreed on a place. And then I was like, hey, just to confirm five at Centerfolds. And she's like. And her response was literally, I hear they have the best steak in town. And I was like, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's around. But That's a winner. Not, I like it's her. Not where, it's not where we had agreed to go, but I'm glad have she didn't. Have you seen that movie that's, um, oh, fuck, I forget the name. I just watched it too. But it's about a stripper who ended up going into pharmaceutical sales. I have not. And dude, she killed it. I mean. Yeah. I really oh, I'm, I'm sure the sales side. I mean, especially, oh, wow. you know, men do really well in sales because they've got the like aggressive, confident personality. But if you get a woman who knows and understands sales and is confident enough to like understand the dynamic of like, especially if it's like person to person and they, you yeah. know, you like touching someone's shoulder or like the small things like you will just destroy everyone. in sales. Yeah. It's men will just melt. I've met some it's badass women in sales, that's for sure. And yeah. it's, it, and like for me, um, the OnlyFans thing has been a fun business because it is it's super dynamic like i have i mean if i could turn my camera around and show you guys like the whole setup like you you can do a whole setup you can there's a lot of creative things you can do you're your own production you're your own marketing team you're your own customer service team you're your sales team you know like it's literally a business but it's just all from my house i only have to work two four hours a day the rest of the time i get to spend with family which i'm sorry but i am not gonna go spend 12 15 hour days like i was doing and just Make barely less. get by and never see my family stressed out as fuck all the time i'm sorry there's yeah. just nothing like that would ever convince me to me family is everything and that's what means the most to me in life and if this which i freaking love my job i think it's the best job ever i literally love it like <laughs> it's so fun why would I do anything else? <laughs> I yeah, I yeah. agree. Well, and it's so awesome. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because one of the questions I was going to ask here, uh, well, I was going to ask how you got into OnlyFans, and and you know we answered that, but I was going to ask you, you know, from a business model perspective, how much of it you can automate because, and obviously, if you're only spending two to four hours a day, it's not a ton um, that you have to physically do every day. I mean, I'd imagine you answer some some messages, but you can probably. My, my guess is you can automate a the lot of The beginning is hard. Okay. The beginning, it's like, it's literally exactly like any business. Yeah. You have to build a following. You have to build customer relations. You have to be on the grind. Like, oh my gosh, when I first started, I was working a lot. I mean, I was on my phone, like probably at least eight hours a day, just sending people like, hey, did you want a screensaver? Hey, like... I'm doing screensavers now and like talking to people. How are you? Like, I'm good. I, you know, talking to them, talking to them, talking to them. You're basically a therapist, you know, you got to listen to people's problems. Um, you do a lot of these things called one-on-one -on -one video calls, which is you just take a video call and you, you talk to them or whatever they want and you can do more. But a lot of times my video calls is me being a therapist. Like I swear to God. 
Like I'm just talking to them, hearing their life story, um, just seeing what's up, how they're doing. Like I genuinely do care about the people that I work with. Um, like they're, they're real humans, just like me. They're there for me too. When I have a bad day, I tell them, you know, I'm having a pretty shitty day today. And you know, they, they're there for me, just like I'm there for them. It's all business. Yes. But it is, it's a really cool, um, way to connect with people. And I mean, I don't really think sex is bad. And I grew up very Christian, so it was always programmed in me to think sex was bad and that fear-based religion. Um, so it's still a little bit in me, you know, when you're raised yeah. like that, you're kind of like, oh, shoot, like, is this bad? But it's really only bad because that religion says it is. I personally I, don't think it is. I think it's really great for people to connect with each other sexually. Um, just connect in general, like, is a good thing. So, yeah. I grew up I very similarly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it, it's cool to hear you say that. So, I don't know if you know who Steve Sims is. He wrote the book uh, Go for Stupid and Blue Fishing. And he's a badass, like, biker dude from London who, you know, he's, he's a friend of mine, but he's a big speaker. And um, he does these speakeasies once or twice a year. And they're, like, invite only. And you don't know anything. You know, like, the city. And you show up. And then he does all this cool stuff. And you have no idea what you're getting into. And he did one a year or two, three years ago in Reno where they like toured Elon Musk's big battery factory on day one. And then on day two, they went to the bunny ranch and he had, okay. he's like, I, he's like, I had two pastors with me that like refused to go in, you know? Um, he's like, you never know who you're going to have with you. He's like, um, cause it's just a hodgepodge of people that he invites. And anyway, um, he said, you know, they did, they got like a full tour of the establishment from like a business perspective. And they got to talk to all the girls. And he said, the most interesting thing about it was that every girl they talked to said probably 20 to 40% of the, their clients actually uh, have sexual relations with them. He was like the vast majority over half just want to talk and, yeah. and just, you know, and, and it was, you're just like, being was, a hot therapist. Yeah. He was like, it's very eye opening to hear how many of these people just want a place where they can discuss things openly without judgment and how, yeah. you know, a lot of men and people in general don't have that. So it's, it's and interesting. Like, oh, but you're taking advantage of, vulnerable weak sad lonely men and i'm like no they're paying me for their time to to be their therapist basically and so you're not I'm, forcing anything i'm not gonna do that for free no it's like, an open if, transaction if you're that a therapist is taking advantage of like therapists those people are sad vulnerable but it's okay to pay a therapist but it's not okay to pay a sex worker i just <laughs> I've like, never i would much that. rather have a therapist that looked like you and was flirty than a sex therapist right? or than a, than a than a therapist that looks like some haggled old man who's like and boobs well. so much, you know you just look at boobs and you're happy whether you're a man or a woman <laughs> <laughs> Well said. We, on that note, so I love the business model side of this, but okay. So you you go from OnlyFans, you know, and that was a roller coaster uh, from what I've seen a, a little bit, you know. Um, and then you are recently you're a yogi. I think yes. that's the official term. So you just just started, or you're you're about to start as an instructor. You just got your I don't understand the certifications. Talk talk me yes. through this journey. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I am a bipolar. So a big trait of being bipolar is you kind of go all in on things. Um, like a lot of bipolar people are pretty successful because you just have this determined drive when you're manic that is like unstoppable and you're just like, I'm going to fucking do it once yeah. my mind gets to it. 
I'm doing it. And that's how I was. That's how I am. And um, that's how I was becoming big time with sex work. I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking become a porn star. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I just started losing myself in it um, and going delving too deep into that world where it was becoming my entire identity, which being a sexual person is a big part of me. Yes, but it's not everything. Like yeah. I, I have a lot more um, layers to me than just being a sexual person. Um, I am pretty business minded. I am like really, really outgoing. I love people. I love helping people. I'm really into fitness and health. So I was like, you know what? Like I'm really starting to lose myself in all this. And I, I want to try to go a little bit of a different direction. I never want to completely give up sex work because first of all, financially, it's, it's kind of a trap. Like it is really hard to get out of sex work financially. I, I saw a quote yesterday that said fast money is the most dangerous trap for young women. And yeah. I was like, that's a very and interesting that's why way I to don't put ever it, but... recommend like young women to get into it. Um, I definitely think it should be for women like who've lived a lot of life and really just want, maybe want to do it for fun, a little extra side money. I don't think it should really be anybody's like strict career because it yep. is kind of like a trap for that. And for me, it works because I, I like the job, but if it was a trap for somebody and then they end up realizing they don't like it and then, you know, it could just cause a lot of problems for them. Yeah. So I never like, I know I say I like my job, but I hate glamorizing it because it is not for everybody. Um, and there's a lot of dangers to sex work. And yeah, I just don't think sex work, like you shouldn't just, that should not be a person's go-to yeah. um, at all. So yeah, yoga, I love it. It is like definitely my passion. Um, it's helped me so much with my injuries from the Marine Corps. I have a, a, like a lot of nerve damage on my right side. And I would get migraines where I couldn't even get out of bed. Yeah. Um, I can barely like move my back sometimes when it's flared up. It's fucked. So <laughs> I started doing yoga actually to try to help that. And dude, like, I swear, like, I barely ever like get a flare up anymore. It's like once a month now when I'm super stressed out or if I start drinking alcohol a lot. But like I was getting flare ups like every other day where like I was like barely even able to work. So yeah. yoga is a saver, savior. Like I swear every single person should try yoga. It sucks. Like I hated it at first. It's so hard. It's uncomfortable. You have to sit there in silence and think about your thoughts and stuff. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like put on some music, dude. Like I need to fucking move. I need to lift. Like, I need to get my adrenaline going. Like, what is this weird soft music with you closing your eyes? Why is everybody saying namaste? Like, <laughs> it was, like, weird for me. I was like, this is a cult. Like, I got to get the fuck out. And then I just kept doing it because they said, like, it really does help with injuries and stuff. And then I fell in love with it. I drank the Kool-Aid. And then now I'm becoming a yoga instructor and I'm obsessed with it. And I want to teach other people how to do yoga to help their bodies and their mind. So yeah, it's my, it's my jam. It's like, just like I was all in with sex work. I would say like, I'm all in with yoga now. So. Yeah. And you've, yeah. uh, I mean, the transformation over the last year from a health perspective outside looking in, um, I mean, I know you went vegan and you, you know, you ditched for the most part cosmetics and um you know you've been talking a lot about that journey and it's been it's been cool i mean you look like there was a point not to be you know there, i won't say like there was never a point where i was like who's that but there was a point following you on instagram where i was like man i, I don't like 
she doesn't it doesn't look like she's enjoying this as much as she's saying like some like yeah just looked like you were going through a little bit of a rough rough patch and you have like over the last year it's like nine day like totally i mean you're you're in shape you're happy you're no makeup you know it's it's been it's been cool to watch the journey and it's i think that anyone who watches or follows you i think that's just a cool message because people get so wrapped up in like the more is better and, and all this other stuff and i don't know i don't know that that's always the case yeah, I was like really in, I mean, you are what you're around. I mean, we learned that from the military. I don't think any of us are really proud of like how we treated others in the military, how much we drank in the military, how much we like, you know, we're not proud of a lot of things we did in the military, but that's just the culture. And yeah. sex work has a culture too. I mean, everybody gets the biggest and the best. You think that you have to keep up with the Joneses to succeed. Yeah. And I was losing myself. I was like spending hundreds of dollars on my makeup and my hair and my nails and my toes and my tan and my boobs and plastic surgery. And it's like, where does it end? Why, where do you just be okay with how you look as a person and who you actually are? And yoga, honestly, going through um, my yoga um, certification is what me, what made me click like yeah. that I was like really losing myself big time. I love it. Well, cool. Uh, you know, I know we're, we're probably getting close on time, but I wanted to just at least touch on, uh, you just recently have started talking about a financial freedom journey. What sparked, what sparked the, uh, the journey there? Cause obviously you're making the income to make it happen. Um, you know, but like you said, you can get sucked up into the expense side of the game as well. Um, you know, and spend it all. So, uh, I love when people get that spark. I'm just curious where it came from. Yeah. So, I mean, it came from when I still had no money. I was making the money and I still had no money. That's where it came from. I'm like, <laughs> and then my boyfriend, I'm like, dude, like, how the fuck? He's like, dude, like, think about how much money you spend on your hair and your nails and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. And then the, uh, the yoga thing just hit it even more. I'm like, all right. And then I started like realizing like, damn, like I can actually save some money. And then um, finances have always been like a cool thing for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw like what stuff that you post and I think we started listening to this podcast called get rich. What's it called? Get rich habits, rich habits. So yep. yeah, we listened to that too. And I was just like, okay, you know what? I think I can do this. I really, really want like my family to be set up for success. Like I don't, I want my family to not have to worry financially, um, if possible. So yeah, that's where it all started. I love it. That's, that's great. And, and, you know, I'm here to help in any way as you go along, but it's fun to watch the, the journey. And I think you're, you're on the right path with all that. So. And your book. Oh yeah. That's right. We got to plug the book. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the book never. is great. Especially like, I wish I would have read that book when I was in the military. Yes. That one. Yeah. Yay. It's not too bad. I wish I'd read it when I had, was in as well. That's why I wrote it. Cause I, I was like, man, I made all kinds of fucking mistakes while I was in the military financially. Um, it's amazing. You know, you talk about being proud of what you do in the military. I did that first four years. I was, I mean, I made pretty good money deployed, you know, didn't have anything to spend it on, but I mean, I bought truck rifles, tattoos, spent money on booze, women, protein. I mean, you know, it was, it was all gone. There was nothing to show for any of it by the end of that year. Um, and yeah, so I, yeah, <laughs> I get it, <laughs> but, but it's okay. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of a lot like diets in, in, in a way, 
like you have your time where you know you just eat whatever and you you realize you start feeling like crap and icky and you're you have to kind of feel that icky feeling and like of overindulgence the over overindulgence <laughs> you have to feel that feeling to realize okay i need to fucking yeah. get my shit together start eating right start spending less money and fucking do this thing you know absolutely so, cool. all right well i got i got four questions well that numbers are all messed up. Five questions that I ask yes. every guest. Um, so the first one is name a trait that you think sets service members up for success after the military. Name a trait. Or, you know, habit, Ooh. whatever. Humbleness. Ooh. Like oh, the ego amigo. <laughs> yeah. Especially for the guys. I think if they, if, if they go out in the civilian world and they're humble, you know, realize that like you being a Marine is cool. It, but it's really, I mean, that's not going to carry you. So you got to fucking <laughs> lose the ego and get to work. I like it. That's a good one. All right. What's the dumbest thing you've ever purchased? Oh, shit. My butt. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I could have just, I end up losing it anyways. And then now I'm regaining it from muscle. So if I would have just done that from the first place. <laughs> That's the best answer I've ever heard on the show. <laughs> Usually people are like, oh, I bought this really stupid TV when I was a Lance Corporal. <laughs> like, that's awesome. What about the best purchase you've ever made or smartest? My butt? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> For real, kind of. There's an, R there's an ROI. <laughs> yeah. No, I would say hopefully this house, if it all goes through. That's... Yeah, that's actually the most common answer I get is somebody yeah. talking about a, pro a property or a house they bought. Yeah. So I think I think you're right on with that. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Somebody listening to the show wants to make more money instead of just listening to another podcast. What do you think they should do? I think like uh, just do it. Nike just do, honestly. <laughs> um, like with the nonprofit, I just did it. I mean, I did not know what the fuck I was doing. I just started like people get so caught up on like making a huge business plan and got to follow it exactly how it is. It's like, sorry, bro, but your business plan is probably not going to go anywhere. It's like, it's good to have some sort of idea. Yes. But just fucking go like, stop thinking about it and just do it. I think, I yeah, I agree. I think one of the things I, when I tell people, I'm like, find something you're passionate about and build something there. And I think you did that in all three. You were passionate about, you know, helping people with the chat, uh, the, um, Happy Bean Project and the Houston Outreach team. Um, Which we still not... do every two weeks, by the way. Oh, there you I don't go. want anybody to think that we don't do that anymore. So please, <laughs> and if you want to come volunteer with a local OnlyFans girl, <laughs> you can oh, come serve the whole There's that sales okay. side coming out. <laughs> you obviously didn't like the stripping, but you were passionate about the other side. And so you went to OnlyFans and then passionate about yoga, went there. And so I think you're right on the money there. If you're passionate about something, you just dive in you know, uh, you'll, you'll be able to be successful, but yeah. Uh, the last question I always ask is just where can people find out more about you? So yeah, plug the Houston outreach team, what you guys are doing and, yes. and where, where people can go and give you a follow and, and enjoy the journey. So it's, it's at the Houston, let me double check. I'm pretty sure it's at the yeah. Houston outreach team. You got to make sure so you it's, check so it's the... your, your acronym is thought. Yeah. How, <laughs> how funny. <laughs> that works out perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, the Houston Outreach Team. There Perfect. it is. Bam. Awesome. Well, 
Abby Rose, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fun. I uh, These are all different types of entrepreneurial endeavors that I haven't gotten to talk about really on the show. And it's, it's fun for me to learn about. So I appreciate it. Yes. And thank you so much for your help. Seriously. You've helped yeah. me a lot. So Anytime. Lot. Anytime. Have a great day.